Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of The Chris Carpenter Show. Um, It is episode 33. I hope everybody had a great week. Got lots to cover in terms of sports. We've got uh, tech basketball coming up, and we've got three games we're going to talk about. One uh, recap and then two uh, preview-type discussions. We're going to talk a little bit about tech baseball and a little bit about tech football and get into the NFL, but it is championship weekend in the NFL. And I'm adding, I am debuting a new segment this week um, that is going to be a little bit of educational uh, talk. Um, we'll have our listener questions, and then we'll finish up with the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. So let's talk a little bit uh, about Tech Basketball this week. Um, since I last recorded, um, they played Kansas, and then they're going to be playing Mississippi State this afternoon in the Big 12 SEC Challenge, and then the Reckoning February 1st. So let's talk a little bit about the Kansas game on Monday. Um, You know, real impressive effort um, from Tech. They took Kansas to double overtime. Probably should have won in the first overtime. Um, It was the, you know, the age-old debate about if you're up three, should you foul or not? Tech didn't foul, and Kansas then proceeded to sink three and send it send it to double overtime. Um, you know, there was a lot of just kind of nasty vitriol this week. And not from – I'm not, I'm not going to say from a bunch of Tech fans, but, you know, from a few Tech fans, um, you know, a lot of oh, – there were some Tech fans really, you know, given uh, – Shannon and McCuller a hard time and and yeah they didn't ha- they didn't have a good game um you know that and let's be honest with that um but I, I just amazed it amazes me that we we you know Tech took Kansas to double overtime at the Fog um, which is one of the most difficult places to win Tech's only won there once in its history and in the national championship year when they went to the national championship game. They lost by 20 in, at the Fog. So it's, you know, it's not a bad loss. And I'm, I'm not a moral victory person either, but it's the Big 12. You're going to lose games. And there's not going to be very many teams that are going to go into the Fog and beat Kansas. And you took them to double overtime. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a frustrating loss because there's just a couple of things that if they had gone differently, you would have won. Like I said, hindsight, you should have fouled when you're up three. But again, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Came back to bite tech this uh this go around. But um, you know, and I get Shannon McCuller didn't have a good game, but uh Shannon had an awesome game against West Virginia, and McCuller's had fantastic games in his three years here. So I'm just I'm not a fan of dumping on players, especially college players. Um you know they they had a bad game. I'm sure today they're gonna they're probably gonna bring it bring it against Mississippi State, and I think they're gonna play really well against uh, UT on Tuesday. They'll be fine. Um, you know other players stepped up on on Monday too. You know Bryson Williams. If 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 there's a way that we can, <laughs> there's a way we could have Bryson Williams play Kansas all the time. I mean that that dude loves to just go off against Kansas. And that goes all the way back to when he was at UTEP. I mean, when UTEP played Kansas last year, I think he had like 30-something points then too, and that was at the fog. So, I mean, just 
something about them. But he's real, and he's really coming alive, you know, in, in Big Twelve play. You know, O'Banner had a good game. Um, you know, so it's this 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 whole like dumping on players, not cool. And then apparently some some idiot was tweeting death threats at McCuller. Ugh, just. I hope they find the person, and then the, the person's arrested. They perp walk him so we can all see his face on on TV, and they throw him in jail. He's you know he gets punished for his crime because seriously, do not threaten players on social media. Don't and apparently there was racial slurs. Don't do that either. Um, you know I re- I also really don't like it when you know people that play fantasy football they like tweet at. <laughs> their fantasy football players say, oh, why didn't you get me more points? Yeah, they're not worried about your fantasy football game. They're worried about the real game. So sorry they couldn't help you win in your Yahoo League. So uh, anyway, but again, I, I was I was disappointed in losing, but um, you know, I thought Tech really played pretty well against Kansas. Just you know, a couple things just didn't go their way, and, and Kansas was able to pull it out. So today we've got the the Big 12 SEC Challenge, and Mississippi State is in town for that. Um, I think it should be a fun game. Uh, Mississippi State is unranked right now, but, I mean, they took Kentucky to overtime the other night. Um, I think Mississippi State's a pretty decent team and could give Tech some challenges. But, you know, I, I, think, the hope, I think if Tech plays to the level – that they should be playing at, and they, they have been playing at, they should win. Um, again, the trick, the trickiness with this Mississippi State game is, uh, you know, are we going to have players looking ahead to Texas? Because obviously, very overhyped game, very hyped up. Um, I don't, I don't think the players are as overhyped as we are as fans about it. I mean, even the ones that played for, uh, you know, Beard, I don't think they're. I mean, I just, I think, I think Shannon McCuller, Nadolny, you know, Santos Silva. I think I'm missing one. I think I'm missing one. There's one. There was another one. I'll remember it later. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think they're, you know, gonna be. Well, we've got to take it to Beard. I mean, they're gonna want to win Tuesday, but I think, you know, I, I don't think they're gonna be looking ahead. And I think the coaching staff that uh, Tech has right now is going to really, you know, ensure that they're not going to be looking ahead. So should be a fun game to watch. I really love this Big 12 SEC Challenge and the games that we end up getting here, uh, usually to the end of January. You know, two years ago, I got to go to the uh, Tech-Kentucky game when Kentucky came into town, and that was fun. They went to overtime against Kentucky, and that was another one, man. Disappointing loss, but a couple things go Tech's way. They they would have won. Um you know, and then four years ago when uh, Arkansas came into town, I got to see that game. That was another fun one. Um, that was really fun because, you know, we sent the Arkansas fans home disappointed, and they're a pretty annoying fan base. I mean, that woo pig suey thing, I mean, dumb. So, but, I, you know, I, I hopefully with all the shuffling going on conference-wise, they're going to be able to keep this Big 12 SEC challenge in play because I just I just think it's a really fun event um, that gets put on um, every year. So uh, some of the other games uh, tonight, uh, you know, obviously Kansas, Kentucky, although Kentucky is going to be missing some of their key players, should be a fun one. Uh, the Battle of UT, got Texas versus Tennessee. The Battle of Sam Houston, Battle of David Crockett. 
that one and you know had add on Rick Barnes <laughs> to the equation should be a fun one uh Rocky Top let's go <laughs> but should be some fun games and now we get to Tuesday the reckoning and i got to say i'm kind of ready for the this game to be over with um you know i think there are bigger things that this tech team can achieve than beating Texas. Um, it's going to be a fun game, fun atmosphere, and you know, and I, and it's just going to be fun. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to make a big announcement with this game coming. I have decided to redo, reshuffle the nickname for Beard. He is no longer going to be known as Country Club Judas Beard. We're going to drop the Judas. He's still going to be Country Club Beard because he really doesn't like that. And I just, I, if I can trigger him, I'll trigger him. But here's the thing I think the Judas name is no longer appropriate for Beard. Um, yeah, he betrayed the tech fan base, but it worked out for tech. I mean, we got Mark Adams, and I think tech got the better end of the deal. So. I'm kind of glad Beard's gone now. Now, I'm still going to call him Country Club Beard because, you know, this whole shtick, street dogs and all that, that doesn't fly in the People's Republic of Austin. So um, he will still be henceforth known as Country Club Beard. But honestly, yeah, I, um, the game's going to be fun Tuesday night. But, um, you know, I'm kind of going to be glad when it's done because, you know, Tech has got a lot bigger fish to fry. Um, this season, um, you know, there's certainly a lot of great potential in this tech team to to maybe go on a deep run in the NCAA tournament. And so, you know, it's going to be fun for Tuesday, but after it's over with, uh, hopefully tech wins because that would be really fun. Um, you know, there's going to be other things to focus in on. They got to they got to they go up to Morgantown, you know, next Saturday. And that's always a tough out. Um having to go all the way up to Virginia or Virginia, West Virginia, um, to, to play the Mountaineers. So, um, but anyway, uh, should be fun. You know, tech it's, it's kind of getting into the fun season here coming, coming into February. Um, you know, tech is playing for high seed, you know, there's certain, uh, there's definitely, uh, all sorts of projections with uh, certain, uh, bracket, bracket sites, uh, hoops, HD bracketville, the t uh, two big ones to look at that say, you know, Tech's a three seed, potentially a four seed. Um, I'd love for them to end up being a three seed. That three uh, Tech being a three seed has worked out very well over the years for this basketball program. Um, you know, four seed, you get the one seed in the Sweet 16 instead of the Elite Eight. I, I'm, not, I'm not really intimidated by the potential one seeds. I mean, you, you play Kansas and Baylor – twice and I, I you know I, I'm not as intimidated by and you've already played Gonzaga and I think you know after playing them I think Mark Adams and this staff can draw up a game plan to beat them so I'm not as intimidated if they're in if they end up at a four seed um but you know it'd be fun to be a three seed just that, that that's that's worked out well for tech through the years so let's talk a little bit of tech baseball and Big 12 preseason rankings came out, and Tech is picked to finish third. Um, probably a pretty fair assessment. I could, I mean, I could argue maybe put them at two. I think, unfortunately, and I hate to admit this, UT probably should be de facto uh, 
pick to f- finish uh, first in the Big 12. Um, they're bringing back uh, pretty much their entire team that went, uh, almost uh, got to the national championship game last year. And, you know, thank you, Mississippi State, for knocking them out. Um, and so they're going to be a pretty uh, pretty talented team. Now, they do have to come to Lubbock this year, which, you know, that'll be fun. And unlike last year when we're showing games on tape delayed at the Longhorn Network, you know, hopefully they'll be showing them on, you know, a real channel. <laughs> so, but uh, still excited for the baseball season. I think this team's uh, certainly, you know, postseason bound and will certainly have a shot to host regionals and maybe the super regional. And I think if you go down that path, you got a great shot at going to Omaha and they're going to be tested early. Um, you know, they open up in Arlington in a tournament where they're going to be playing Auburn, Arizona, Michigan, three pretty uh, good powers in baseball. They're going to Starkville to play a series with the defending national champions, Mississippi State. So I think it'll be a fun season. And I really can't wait for the baseball season to start. So just a few more weeks on that. So let's talk a little bit of tech football. Um, Big news this week. Big news just a a couple hours ago. Tech got a commit from a um, defensive end, offensive line, lineman from uh, Amarillo High. And I love that. I love seeing Amarillo players coming to Tech. You know, one of the big issues that has, and this is not just a Matt Wells problem, this was a Cliff Kingsbury issue, was, you know, you had too many players, the good players from this area, and I count Amarillo as part of this area, going to other programs. I mean, there's a bunch of Amarillo players going to TCU, and to me, that's unacceptable. The best players on this I-27 corridor, and when I'm talking I-27 corridor, Amarillo, Lubbock, Midland Odessa, the best players in that corridor should always be coming to tech. And, you know, I think Joey McGuire has, has really gone gone on on the right foot getting that done. So that's exciting to me. Um, apparently they're hosting a bunch of juniors this weekend, and hopefully we'll, we'll get some good commits out of it. Um, you know, the, the, there's a really good player out of Abernathy, and I can't remember his name right now. I think it's Anthony White, but I'm not sure. Sorry. Um, but he's getting heavy recruitment. You know, Steve Sarkeesian was in Abernathy yesterday. He probably stopped at the Plainview McDonald's before he got there. That's apparently a, a UT hangout spot. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'd love to get him um, Love to get him be a red and black uh, player from Abernathy. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, football, uh, kind of exciting. We you know, off season. Um, I love the fact that these coaches are going all over Texas. In fact, uh, Stephen Hamby, the offensive line coach, he was uh, in El Paso, you know, my hometown, uh, tweeting at some of the, you know, at, where he was at some of the high schools. He was at my alma mater, the pride of the West Side, the Coronado T-Birds. That was cool. He didn't go to Franklin, which why would you go to Franklin? Coronado's where it's at. Everybody knows that. So, <laughs> but that's kind of cool to see. Um, all of that happening. So, all right, let's talk a little bit of NFL action. We've got our conference championship games this weekend, and let's 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 do a little bit of a wrap up from last week's just insanity. Um, all four games came down to the last play, and boy, <laughs> wild. Um, you know, obviously, I was wrong. About the Titans game, you know, credit the Bengals. They found a way to win. 
and they found a way to win with basically not protecting their quarterback. Um, I mean, poor Joe Burrow got sacked nine times, and they still found a way to win. Um, you know, a lot of people dumping on Tannehill. I don't know. Um, you know, it's what happens when you have an Aggie as your quarterback. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I think the Titans still have a lot of great pieces. Now, are they going to be able to uh, get themselves a another quarterback? You know, we'll see what happens. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, kind of sad for the Titans, but I'm actually fine with it as a Chiefs fan. <laughs> so, um, and then we had the Packers 49ers game. Again, I was wrong on that one, too. Um, you know, well, actually, I wasn't wrong on that one. Well, no, I was wrong on that one, but I wasn't wrong on the fact that you shouldn't trust Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in the playoffs. I just, I was honestly going more with my heart of, I really don't want the 49ers to win. And, you know, credit them. They won. They found a way to win. Um, you know, I got a question, you know, and I, I do, I know I've got some 49ers fans listening to my podcast. Why are they wanting to move on from Jimmy G? Um, the guy is has now taken you now to two NFC Championship games in three years. Could potentially take you to two Super Bowls in three years. And you're wanting to move on from him? I mean, are, are these the same people that ran off Jim Harbaugh after he took him to three straight NFC Championship games? I mean, seriously. I don't get that, but you know, please do that. I'd love, I, I love when the 49ers are in turmoil. So, um, but I was right on the Sunday game. So, you know, I had the Rams winning the chiefs bills game was insane. <laughs> I've never seen a game like that before. Um, 13 seconds and the chiefs found a way to score. Take note Cowboys. Um, but what a fun, <laughs> what a fun game. I, you know, and, and I really respect the bills. I respect Josh Allen and, and what the Bills have built. So I really, I do kind of feel bad for them a little bit. Not as much because I'm a Chiefs fan. But what a game. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if these championship, conference championship games can replicate what we saw in the divisional weekend. So we start off uh, tomorrow with the AFC Championship. We're going to have the Chiefs and the Bengals at Arrowhead Stadium. Um the Bengals did beat the Chiefs early, uh, well, not early in the year, but um, in during the regular season, it's just a few weeks ago. It was one of the last games of the regular season. Um, so that there is that. I, I think the Chiefs still pull it out. I think the offensive line of the Bengals is just so bad that they're not going to be bailed out by mistakes from Mahomes in the offense. And... You know, this is going to be if, for the Bengals to win. They're going to have to take part in the track meet that is this offense, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs' offense. And I don't think they have the weapons to do it. Um, I just, I don't think they're going to be able to do it with that offensive line. So, I'm going with Chiefs to be the AFC champions again, going for the three peat. And then we get to the NFC Championship game, and this one is an interesting matchup. Um, we got 49ers taking on the Rams. Um, the 49ers, obviously, clearly they're the hot team. Um, and they beat the Rams at the very last game of the regular season just to get in the playoffs a few weeks ago. I'm really high on the Rams. I've been really high on the Rams all year. Um, 
the 49ers, I think the st- statistic is they've beaten the Rams like six games in a row now, something like that. Um, I'm Everything seems to trend 49ers, but I think the Rams find a way to pull it out. And this sets up a Chiefs-Rams Super Bowl. Bad news for the Chiefs. It's the second year in a row they're going to have to play a Super Bowl in the home team stadium. But there's a little bit of good news with that because there is there really a big home field advantage for the Rams? I mean, I'm hearing that it's basically going to be a bunch of 49ers fans at that game tomorrow. Um so if it if it trends, Chiefs Rams, I think it's gonna be a fun game. I think the Chiefs find a way to pull it out, and Mahomes gets his second ring. So we'll see what happens. Let's hope I'm a little bit more right than I've been the last couple weeks, and I don't curse the Chiefs here. Um, but um, we'll see. Should be some fun football games uh, coming up this weekend. So, and then we got two weeks, and then the Super Bowl. You know, live in Los Angeles. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to debut a new segment. And welcome back to the Chris Carpenter Show. It is now time for a new segment. We'll do a little bit of education in the Chris Carpenter Show sphere. And this is going to be a segment called the Mr. Carpenter Historical Nugget of the Week. And this week's historical nugget is going to be all about nullification crisis. So, there's been obviously a lot of talk with COVID and everything about states' rights, state power versus federal rights, federal power. And this is not a new discussion debate. Um, this, this goes all the way back to when our framers of the Constitution were writing the document out. That was one of the big worries specifically of a group called the Anti-Federalists. They wanted uh, state governments to be stronger than the federal government. And so what the anti-federalists wanted uh, in exchange for them ratifying or approving the Constitution is they wanted a Bill of Rights put in there. And they got their way. 1791, the Bill of Rights was added to the Constitution. That is our first 10 amendments. And the 10th Amendment is the one we're going to be focusing in on with the nullification crisis. So... Tenth Amendment is basically it states that any power that is not specifically assigned to the federal government goes to the states. And kind of in eighth grade language, let me let me help you out with this. If you hold up your fingers, you hold up all 10 of your fingers and you do a pushing motion and you say back off federal government, that's what the Tenth Amendment is all about. And so this has been a debate through the years, and we flash forward to the 1830s with an event called the nullification crisis that comes about because the federal government passes a new tariff, and the South hates tariffs back here in the 1830s because it hurts their ability to trade. And so South Carolina specifically steps forward and says, we're going to nullify or cancel the law and not follow it. Andrew Jackson, he's the president at this point, he escalates the problem by basically saying, I'm going to send in troops and force you to follow the law. 
South Carolina raises the stakes again. They say they're going to secede from the Union if Jackson does that. And 30 years before the Civil War, we have a state, South Carolina, threatening secession. Henry Clay comes in and he comes up with the compromise that ends the nullification crisis. Um, And here's the big lesson of the nullification crisis and what you need to understand about it. Um, This is, again, this is a test of what powers do the states have. And it's really a test on the 10th Amendment. And unfortunately, well, it depends on how you look at it, I guess. Um, But basically, the federal government uh, is proven to be able to control tariffs and taxation over the states. But what you need to understand about the nullification crisis, what's the big idea? What's the so what with the nullification crisis is it is it is another example of states wanting power that's not necessarily listed in the constitution. And it's this is an important foundation that's being laid because the 10th amendment and this whole idea of states being able to ignore law is going to this this idea is going to be used again as we get in as we continue to get into the controversy of slavery. So, nullification crisis all about federal versus state powers all about the 10th amendment. So, that was this week's Mr. Carpenter's historical nugget of the week. We're going to go ahead and take a break and when I come back We're going to take some listener questions. And welcome back to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. Uh, We're now going to take our listener questions this week. And again, if you are wanting to ask questions, all you need to do is uh, you can follow me on Twitter. It is at The C Carp Show. That is the official Twitter of the Chris Carpenter Show. And... Um, I usually will tweet out and I'll be honest today. I I apologize. I didn't, I tweeted basically about 30, 40 minutes ago, uh, questions, but I did get some questions, uh, but I usually tweet out at least an hour, two hours before I record, um, you know, any questions and then you just can reply to that tweet. You can also DM me and my DMS are still open at this point. I have, haven't had to close them. Um, but um, yeah, any questions you have, that's the best way you can contact me. Got a, got some really good questions this week, and I need to start off by clarifying a question from the previous week. Um, Alan had asked um, about, uh, wanted me to rank the Big 12 cities, and he he basically asked me to add in the new Big 12 cities coming in. So, for this ranking, I'm going to go ahead and include Austin and Norman. Um, I've been to both cities, by the way. Um, some of the cities I haven't been to, so I'm just going to kind of be shooting from the hip with them. Um, number one for me is Lubbock. <laughs> and I don't care if you say I'm biased. I probably am. I don't care. It's the number one Big 12 city. Uh, traffic is non-existent around Lubbock. And getting to games is so easy. So to me, number one is, is Lubbock for the big 12 um, number two I'm going to go with this one's gonna be this one's gonna probably surprise some of y'all one of our new big 12 um, landing spots I'm gonna go with Provo Utah um, got to visit there about 20 years ago got to visit Utah really enjoyed the state 
Um, got to I didn't really spend a lot of time in Provo. Stopped there a couple times, but seemed like a nice town, uh, fun little uh, fun little clean town. And I'm excited. BYU's coming into the Big Twelve. I think it's going to be uh, we can uh, potential potentially have a fun rivalry uh, with Tech and BYU. So I put them at number two. Number three, I would probably put. Um, this is a good one. Let's see. Let me think here. I would probably put Stillwater maybe at number three. Never been there. Uh, that's one of those places I want to I want to visit. Um, pretty passionate fan base. I mean, they copy everything Tech does, but still pretty passionate fan base. And um, I think it's just uh, it seems like a fun little town to go to. So I put number three is Stillwater. Number four, I would probably put. Um, let's go ahead and put. Put Orlando there, uh, home of Central Florida. Another place I haven't been to, but uh, it's got Disney World and Universal. So I'm sure it's a fun place to visit and, and go see games and things like that. So number four, we're going to put Orlando. Number five, we are going to put Ames, Iowa. Um, seems like a fun place. Fun atmosphere in the football, Jack Tri Stadium and then the Hilton uh, Coliseum. You know, and we've had some fun games we're always undefeated against Iowa State baseball, so just remember that. Um, but yeah, I had to put number five, Ames, Iowa. Number six. Let's talk about number six here. We are going to put. I'm going to put Norman, Oklahoma, and I know they're leaving. And but you know, I for every for all of the Oklahoma stuff I make fun of, Oklahoma City is a really fun uh, city, fun area. Um, you know, personally, I. I'd invite them to Texas, you know, we can annex them and I mean, we can give up. I mean, there's, there's some cities I'd give up in Texas uh, for Oklahoma city. Uh, but you know, Norman's kind of a fun town. I mean, the Sooners are still a bunch of cheaters and good rins to them, but you know, seems like a nice town. So number seven, let's go with Manhattan, Kansas. Um, I know it's, uh, never been, again, never been there, but, uh, kind of a small, it seems like a small area, small town. But, you know, Kansas State, uh, just impressed with their fan base, impressed with uh, their support of their team, and love to go visit there someday. Number eight, we're going to go with Lawrence, Kansas. And the reason Lawrence comes here on uh, on this list isn't because it's Lawrence, Kansas. It's because you're right next to Kansas City, home of the Chiefs. So um, we'll put number eight, we'll put Lawrence, Kansas at number eight. Number nine, we are going to... Um, rank Cincinnati at number nine. Um, intrigued by them coming in. I'd love to go visit Cincinnati. Never been to Ohio at all. Uh, seems like an interesting state. And Cincinnati seems like an interesting place, although that I'm not sure about that whole skyline chili thing. That looks a little weird. Um, but we're going to put uh, Cincinnati at number nine. Number 10. This is where we get to the, you know, the other teams. <laughs> I put Morgantown at number ten. Um, I love. I like having West Virginia. Like I like making fun of them, as you probably noticed from last week's episode. Um, it's Jeff Goodman. Take note. This is the one that's really hard to get to, as far as towns. You got to fly into Pittsburgh and then drive to get to uh, um, Morgantown. So that that kind of is why I would rank it a little bit low. Number eleven. We're gonna put the Wacko in Waco at number eleven. Um, I've been to Waco a few times. Um, they used to have the 
Texas High School Baseball Coaches Association convention there. And, you know, then I went there. Uh, I was uh, when I was in band, that was where the state uh, marching contest was. And I mean, it's a nice it's a nice city, I guess. Um, points off because it's on I-35, the worst interstate in America. Um, and, you know, it you know, I, there wasn't a lot special about Waco. I mean, uh, one, I'll give you a funny story about my one time in Waco. Um, so I rented a car. And we were there, it was my family, we were there because my dad was getting into the Texas High School Baseball Coaches Association Hall of Fame. And we parked the car underneath this tree and it was at our hotel. And when we came out the next the next day, I mean, the birds had had their way with that car. It was, I mean, it, it was a, like a black car, I think, and it looked white. That's all I'll say. So we put Waco, we're going to go ahead and put Waco at number 11. Um, we've got three more cities left, and these are my shameful three, I'll call it. Um, we're going to put number 12. We're going to put Fort Worth. Uh, Fort Worth people have a complex. Don't ever say they're part of Dallas. Um, and I'm just, you know, the Metroplex is one of those places. The traffic's terrible. It's hot in the summers, like real humid. And are, are there really any TCU fans that exist? Because usually when Tech goes down there, it's a home game for them. So I put Fort Worth at number 12. Number 13 is the Houston uh, metro area. Oh, that place. Talk about bad traffic. Humid. Um, high crime. No thanks. Um, that, that would be one of the cities I'd give up for Oklahoma City, by the way. And then at number 14, is it a surprise? The People's Republic of Austin. Good riddance when they leave, and we don't have to go down there anymore and deal with I-35 traffic, deal with basically it's bag, it's the Baghdad of Texas now. Good riddance. So that would be my list of cities. Um, there are some really good Big 12 cities. Um, none as good as Lubbock, but that's okay. There's only one perfection. So good question, Alan, and I apologize that I wasn't able to answer that last week. Let's talk about uh, – got some other questions that got sent in. Um, we've got Daryl out of El Paso. He is asking, should Chris Beard continue his fireside chats moving forward? No, he shouldn't. The shtick does not work in at UT, and it just – I mean, they're just cringeworthy. He, he dropped one last night, and – it was like the uh, it was like a, the mutual admiration society as hosted by Chris Beard and uh, Rick Barnes. It was just it was unwatchable. So no, he needs to discontinue the fireside chats and come up with some uh, new new material. Basically, all right, uh, Fred from Gainesville. He is going to ask, what can leagues like the NBA and NFL do to repair relationships? with the average American fan who quit watching due to wokeisms. So a little bit of a political question. Um, I am going to answer the question. Um, I try not to delve into politics too much on this podcast, but it's a pretty good question. Um, so I think the NFL is, has done better at repairing their relationship. It's not where it needs to be yet. And I, 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 think, I, think, it's, I think it's a mistake for any sports league to dip their toes into politics because you're basically going to alienate half of your half of your fan base. Um, and so I think the NFL realized very quickly that 
they did that and the ratings kind of tanked. Um, and so I, I just I think not not allowing your games to be some sort of political forum um, is the best way for that to happen. Now, the NBA, I think they're a hopeless cause. I think they lo- they embrace the politics. And I think a bigger problem that the NBA has is their embrace of China. And, you know, China is quite frankly, they're an evil country. Um, you know, this, is pro- this, this may get me in trouble, but I don't care. You know, China censor me. Um, but you know, this is the country that is responsible for COVID. Um, and I'm not, I'm not basically saying they released it on purpose or it was released from a lab that potentially could have been, but at the very least they covered up how bad COVID was and basically let all of us suffer because of it. And that's not even to mention the persecution of groups of people like the, uh, the Muslims that live in China that they're basically putting in camps. I think it's appalling, by the way, that the Olympics are going to be in Beijing this year. Um, I'm not, I refuse to watch any part of it. And I think it's shameful that countries are going to participate in them. And it's, you know, China is the big evil of the world. And they control everything because we allow them to. And the NBA embraces that. So I think the NBA has got a long way to go before mainstream fans are going to come back to them. They're going to have to hit a hard reset. So good question by Fred from Gainesville. Let's go ahead. we got a couple more questions. Um, we've got, okay, uh, we've got Harry from Idaloo. Harry from Idaloo asks, with the progre- progress McGuire has shown in recruiting already, what do you think Matt Wells was doing? So I'm not going to take a big shot at Matt Wells. Um, clearly, it didn't work out. I think Matt Wells just had a different philosophy in recruiting than, uh, than Joey McGuire. And I think Matt Wells' philosophy was we're going to rely on the transfer portal versus bringing in high school kids. And honestly, it, it feels like Wells fell into the trap of, well, it's going to be hard to recruit kids to Lubbock. I think that's unfortunate. And I think Joey McGuire has shattered that uh, that uh, stereotype with what he's done. Um you know, and, 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 you know, Matt Wells did bring in quality players through the portal. Um, but I, I just think, I think they had two different philosophies and Matt Wells was not as focused on recruiting the high school ranks, specifically recruiting the Texas area as certainly Joe McGuire has proven to be, um, you know, and I think that's why what Wells is no longer the tech coach, because I just don't think that strategy works out well in the long term. I think your your transfer portal should be your cherry on top of the Sunday. Your high school recruits is the ba- the base and the foundation of the Sunday. Um, and so I, I, I personally like McGuire's philosophy better than uh, Wells's philosophy. All right, we got one more question this week, and this is going to be JT in Kannapolis, North Carolina. And he says, as a Tech fan, would you rather have a higher seed and play across the country or a lower seed having to go through a one seed but playing in DFW? Um, I, I personally, I, I would love for Tech to play the first and second round in Fort Worth because those are going to be de facto home games. Um, you know, a few years ago when Tech went on the Elite Eight run, they played in Dallas and those were essentially they were de facto home games for Tech. Um, I, I think tech fans still travel pretty well. 
I don't like tech being shipped off to Portland, and it's not even for the travel reasons. It's like, ugh, Portland, that another Austin area like Beirut. Um, you know, I don't see a lot of tech fans going to that uh, location because, I mean, quite frankly, it's unsafe. But um, you know, I personally would prefer Fort Worth. I don't think I just I'm not I'm not intimidated by the one seeds. I think Tech can beat the one seeds that that are currently projected. Um, so I don't think that part of it matters. I'd prefer staying near Texas. Now there's a potential that Tech would play first and second rounds somewhere else, and then if they're in the South Regional, if they can get through the first weekend, they would play in San Antonio. My only problem with that, and I need to look this up. If if the San Antonio uh, regional semifinal and final is at the Alamo Dome, I'm not a big fan of that either. I'm just not a big fan of playing in the stadiums. I think it messes up your percept depth perception. Um, but that could be an advantage for Tech if they were able to go on the Final Four run because the Final Four is obviously at the Superdome. Um, and I think you would get a massive amount of Tech fans in San Antonio. So I would like for Tech to play at least one. If I would like for them to play in Texas or near Texas, um, that would that would probably help uh, basically make it a home game. But I don't think the seeding, I don't think being a three or four seed, three versus four seed is going to matter that much. Because again, I'm not intimidated by the by the one seeds this year. So, again, great questions this week from everybody. Um, again. If you want to uh, to ask me a question, all you got to do is follow the uh, follow the the official Twitter account of the Chris Carpenter Show, which is at the C Carp Show, and you'll just you can DM me, you can reply to tweets, uh, whatever, and ask ask away. Most questions I will read, unless it's like highly inappropriate, then yeah, you know don't don't bother sending that. But anyway. We're going to go ahead and take a break, and then we're going to end this week's podcast with the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. And welcome back to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. It is now time for the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week, and we just have breaking news. Adam Schefter tweeting, at Tom Brady is retiring from football. What the heck? Wow, big news. We'll talk about that next week on the Chris Carpenter Show. Um, happy trails, Tom Brady. I always respected him, by the way. Um, you know, I never got the hate for Tom Brady, but well, well, happy trail. I mean, he gets to go home to Giselle, so I think he wins in the end. Um, anyway, time for the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. I got a, I got a sh- uh, TV show recommendation for you. Um, it is a Gordon Ramsay show called Next Level Chef, and it basically. The chefs are on three different levels each week. The top level has got the best kitchen, best everything. Middle, the middle level is your kind of your run of the mill restaurant kitchen, and then the bottom is just inferior stuff. And basically, they and then the food kind of gets lowered down, and so the top level gets first shot at the food, and then all the way to the bottom where they basically get the leftovers. It's a fun show. I'm watching because there's this uh, lady from Lubbock. Angie's her name. And she's really rocking it right now. Um, but it's a fun show. I'm a big Gordon Ramsay fan. And so, anyway, uh, that's my recommendation. It's um, The next episode is going to be on after the NFC Championship game tomorrow night on Fox. But uh, enjoy the show. So, anyway, I will see you all next week. 
Um, hope everybody has a great week, and I will see you next week on The Chris Carpenter Show. Welcome to this special edition of The Chris Carpenter Show. You didn't think I was going to wait till Saturday to come on the air and gloat a little bit because, folks, Country Club Beard, because remember, he's no longer Judas Beard because we don't want him back. We got Mark Adams. Country Club Beard just left the USA in disgrace with his little Shorthorns team and their ugly bird orange, and they're going to skedaddle back to the People's Republic of Austin with a big fat L on their longhorn heads. Did you really expect that they were going to come in here and do anything but lose? No. I didn't. I didn't at all. What a beautiful game tonight. Tech basically almost ran on all cylinders. Kevin McCuller drew a bunch of fouls, made a bunch of key shots. I think he made every single one of his free throws. O'Banner, I mean, you were hitting threes left and right. Bryson Williams. Davion Warren, I mean, you had some key shots and they out physical Texas tonight. I mean, they just out physical them and it was beautiful to watch. It was beautiful to watch. The crowd was amazing. I mean, Ric Flair was there and Ric Flair was on tech side. So when you got the 16 time world champion on your side, you know, you're the winning side. But what a night. I'm going to go to bed now pretty soon because I got to get up in the morning and I'm teaching about urbanization and immigration during the Industrial Revolution. So anybody want to know more about that, look that up. Um, but I just had to get on and, and gloat a little bit about, <laughs> about this win because since April 1st, 2021, I've been waiting I've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and I've been yapping a lot, I'll admit, but I've been waiting for this moment, and it was just like I thought it would be. And Texas, I got some bad news for you. February 19th, we're coming to your arena, and there's probably going to be more tech fans in the arena, the Irwin Center, I think it's called. Then there will be UT fans. Oh, so sad. So, so sad. Anyway, it's now on to West Virginia. Huggy Bear, I like beating you too. And we're going to come to West Virginia. We're going to come up those country roads. And we're going to take ourselves back home Saturday night with a big W. So anyway... Hope everybody has a great night. I will record a regular episode of the Chris Carpenter Show this Saturday. I'll give you uh, the rest of my thoughts of sports, which this was a bright spot uh, after the debacle that was Sunday. But that's okay because Texas Tech just beat the Shorthorns by double digits. Hope everybody has a good night.
Reckham Tech, Mark Adams is the man. No middle defense. On to West Virginia.